Hey folks, it's Dusty from PodCamp Media, and this month on the show, we talked to Alex Lazry, the Senior Vice President of the Milwaukee Bucks, about the team's dramatic stand for social justice last year during the NBA playoffs. It's a really important story and a great case study for how organizations can and even should navigate some of these situations we face right now as a nation. I hope you'll go back and check that one out. But even with that somber topic, I couldn't help fanboying a little bit over this really incredible Milwaukee Bucks team. And so, of course, I had to pitch some basketball questions to Alex as well. He tells me why he thinks the city of Milwaukee has a, and I'm quoting here, quiet swagger that will surprise a lot of out-of-towners. And we covered the comm strategy that he's deploying in his run for a U.S. Senate seat. All of that is really good stuff, and none of it really fit with the theme of the last episode. So here, once again, is Alex Lazry, whose basketball team walked off the court in support of social justice. And and no matter how much light we shined on it, I mean, boycotting a basketball game is a pretty big step to take. And boycotting a playoff game is an even bigger step. And that still couldn't get Republicans in the legislature to take this seriously. And so I think now the question is, great, we've done that. What can now we do? How can we bring real change and some results to ensure that this stuff doesn't happen? And if it does, there are consequences for when it does happen. Is that what lit a fire under you to get out and run for a U.S. Senate seat? Because I'll say this, I'm kind of a news junkie. I get the feeling that you are too. I watch what's happening in Washington right now, and particularly in the Congress, and I look at that and say, why would any sane, rational person want to go be a part of that? And here you are, you're running for U.S. Senate. Look, I've always seen, from when I worked on the Hill to the White House, working on the DNC convention, and just being involved in politics you know, my entire adult life, I've seen the good that government can do. When you have the right people in office, have the right people working in government, it can do a lot of good and it can have a meaningful impact on people's lives, sometimes in ways that we can't see or aren't always on the news. And the reason I wanted to run and got in this was because I'm getting tired of, you know, seeing people make promises and then not actually being elected and doing them. I think we need people who have a history of having gotten things done and have a real track record of success, and then being able to go to Washington to do that. And I think that's one of the frustrating things that I see is we see a lot of talk, but we're not seeing a lot of results. And I think that's something that I constantly see from politicians all the time. It's, you know, when you've got good ones, they get results done. When you've got people who are more interested in Twitter and, you know, being on Meet the Press or something like that, than actually doing the job, And I think sometimes we forget being a U.S. senator, being in government is a real job where you have the opportunity to do real good. You also can do real bad. And I think that's one of the things that I wanted to run for was to actually be able to go accomplish police reform, to be able to do stuff on racial and social justice, to take the model that we used in creating, you know, thousands of good paying union jobs and making that a national model. These are the things that we've been able to do and that I wanna go to Washington to be able to do because I've seen up close what the right people in government can do to have a meaningful impact to just give people better opportunity. And that's why I decided to do this. Well, let's put on the campaign hat then for a second here from a political strategy perspective, as you're looking at the next year, what does the Alex Lazary campaign have to do to get people on your side and first win the Democratic primary and ultimately the election in November? Well, I think what we have to continue to do is 
get our message out there. Because what we've seen is that when people hear our message of real accomplishment and having a real track record of trying to bring real change and real results, people come on board. And so I think for us, it's just making sure that we're continuing to travel and going to places that Democrats have at times neglected and Republicans have you know, a lot of times taken for granted and showing up and talking to voters and letting them know, hey, here's the choice, right? You could have someone who for the last 10 years has really shown a true indifference to the job and not actually trying to bring resources back to Wisconsin. Or we can elect someone who's got a track record of having brought resources here and can go to Washington and do that again. Because one of the problems that we've had is, you know, for 10 years, basically, now at probably 11, we've had one U.S. senator. And that puts us at a real structural disadvantage because that means when we've got something like an infrastructure bill, great, I think we're getting about $6 billion coming back to Wisconsin. But if we had two U.S. senators fighting to bring those dollars here, does that maybe now become... 12 billion, 15, 20. Wisconsin is classically a state that sends more money off to Washington than it gets back. That's just a fact. And if you look at that, that's because one of our senators doesn't want to bring any money back. And my view is I want to bring as much federal resources back to Wisconsin as possible. If we want to grow Wisconsin, and when you look at the census from the last 10 years, Wisconsin grew, I think, at 3%. The national average was seven. So right now, our greatest export is our people, right? We're getting older as a state. How do we not just prevent our brain drain, but now bring more people to come here and invest here? And that's going to start with investing in transportation and start with investing in education, making sure our public school system is great, but also making sure that we're fully funding our UW system and our trade schools and community colleges, creating a labor pool that businesses can say, great. I can recruit from here. And that's how we're going to bring people here. And then also in broadband, you know, not having broadband right now is like not having plumbing. It's an essential piece of infrastructure to be able to live your life and to be able to educate your kid, to be able to start a business. These are all the things that, you know, again, might not fit nicely on a bumper sticker or, you know, aren't, aren't always the sexiest things, but it's the critical things to be able to move Wisconsin forward and to capitalize on this moment that we were talking about before that Wisconsin has. As you noted, you've been out traveling the state, talking to folks outside the Milwaukee and Madison bubble, certainly lovely cities, but certainly not the entire state either. You were up in Portage recently, my old stomping ground. I remember it fondly. What do you hear from the folks in Portage? What are the issues that are really resonating with regular Wisconsinites right now? A lot of what you hear right now is about getting kids back to school full time and, you know, schools are, are opening, which is great, but making sure that we're able to continue that. Dealing with COVID is a big one. And then quite frankly, like infrastructure, we hear transportation is a huge issue. You know, how do we connect the state? Housing is a big one because a lot of people are saying, great, even if we have jobs, we don't have places for people to live and affordable housing for people to live. And broadband's a huge one. And what I keep trying to tell everyone and what I hear from voters all across the state, we actually all have the similar issues, right? Like Milwaukee has clean water issues when it comes to, you know, lead pipe. Wausau and rural Wisconsin also have clean water issues when it comes to things like CAFOs, you know, when it comes to education, right? Racine's got some, you know, that could use more funding for public school education. And so could Eau Claire. When it comes to broadband, access to health care, these are all issues that affect all parts of Wisconsin. And what we need to do is, as a state, be able to say, hey, if I'm going to give money to Milwaukee, that doesn't mean I'm taking money from Portage. 
And I think right now what we've seen is one side try to use this as dividing where it's, we've got only a finite number of resources. And so if we're going to give money to Madison, that means we're taking money from you. Milwaukee has very much become the state legislature's pariah, the whipping boy. We have problems in Wisconsin. It all starts in Milwaukee. And that's something that I think we've got to change and we've got to change people's views on. We're not two different states here. We're all Wisconsin. We all have similar issues. And quite frankly, we can invest in all parts of the state. There are enough resources for us to be able to help Milwaukee grow, help Portage grow, help Wausau grow, Jackson County go, right? Like these are all things that we can do. And I think what I see from people across the state is everyone's got a lot of the same issues. Like everyone wants a good paying job, wants to be able to send their kid to a good school, be able to offer their kids a better life than they were able to have. And I think that opportunity is just becoming harder and more frustrating. And that's what I'm seeing from and hearing from voters and That's what we're running on is, hey, we've got a track record of having helped with some of these. We can go to Washington and go do the job that you're electing us to do. Well, and I'll say this, as far as repairing Milwaukee's relationship with the rest of the state goes, as far as creating a draw to people from outside of Wisconsin to come to Wisconsin, winning a world title is a pretty big step forward on those two major challenges that you face. And so it certainly warms my heart to see Milwaukee portrayed so well on national television. You think you can get us back there again uh, this coming summer so we can soak up a little more of that national warmth? I mean, that's the goal. I actually, I think we're just as good, if not better than we were last year from a talent perspective. Once you win a championship, the guys have a different kind of swagger and a different kind of confidence. And so I think you're going to see guys like Giannis, Drew, Chris, take another step, right? I I don't even know if we even think Giannis can, but there's another level for Giannis to get to. There's another level for Chris and Drew to get to. You're going to see guys, you know, Dante's going to come back. You know, we forget we lost our starting two guard for the entire playoffs um, Mm -hmm. after game three. Dante's going to come back. We've got Grayson Allen, you know, Bobby's back, Brooke is back, you know, Pat's here. Like the team is not just coming back, but we got a little younger and and I think even more athletic, you know, with guys like Grayson and now George is back. So adding some stability to our backup point guard position. I love the team that we've got. In my opinion, I think right now everyone stays healthy. It's between us and Brooklyn uh, at the top of the East. It'll be a good rematch. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun season and we're NBA champions, right? That banner hangs forever. That trophy is around forever. The rings that we're getting are, are going to be around forever. We want to make sure that we win another one. Yeah, we got to get another ring. We got to another that's, banner. That's the goal that we have, right? Like every year, it's about how do we win a championship. And when you've got Giannis, Chris, and Drew as your top three, you're going to always be in that conversation. I think what we also saw is, look, it takes some luck too. You know, you got to have Kevin Durant have a bigger foot so that he steps on the line um, (laughs) as opposed to it being a three. So like, I think what we've done and what John Horst has done has been incredible in that putting us in a position to contend for a title for the next four or five years. And a lot of teams don't have a five, six, seven year championship window. Well, when you look at our window starting three years ago to now having one, one and having another four years with Giannis under contract, Chris and Drew under contract, We've got about a seven-year championship window. That's pretty great. Now we got to just have a couple things break our way and and we'll be repeating. Run up that scoreboard, baby. That's what we're looking at. And I'll say this to 
maybe my favorite thing about this team is the character of the guys who make it up. And I don't think I can think of maybe LeBron in Miami as an example, but I can't think of another team where the players so well characterize the city itself. What is it about guys like Giannis Dentacumpo, Chris Middleton, Bobby Portis that make them so iconic, not just as basketball players, but as Milwaukeeans? It starts from the top, right? Giannis is someone who leads by example, right? He's not the loudest. He's not going to be the showiest, but he's going to be the first one in the gym and the last one to leave. You know, we've all played on sports teams, right? When the leader is coming in early and is leaving late, you can't show up late and leave early. And it motivates you to work that much harder because you think, all right, if Giannis is in the gym, if Chris is in the gym, Drew is in the gym, I need to be in the gym. I can't be slacking. And so it starts from there. And I think what we've tried to do from an ownership perspective and, you know, Horace from the executive perspective is bring in just good guys. One of Bud's biggest thing, I remember asked him like, hey, would you rather have someone with talent or competitiveness? And his big thing is competitiveness. I want guys who want to win and who that's what they care about. He was like, everyone in the NBA is talented. You don't get to the NBA without being talented. But we want people who want to win, who are competitive. And that, quite frankly, also starts with Giannis. You quickly see how quickly any team, you just look at it anywhere in the NBA or NFL or anywhere, you take on the personality of you know your leaders. And Bud, Giannis are two guys who want to win and will do anything to win. Well, and I'll add another adjective there, and I think it applies to Milwaukee as well, and that's humble. Yeah. We're not a city where we run around bragging about our own accomplishments. We get real excited when we show up on national TV, but I don't think that there are a lot of Milwaukeeans who run around saying, Milwaukee's number one. I think that should change. I think Milwaukee has a claim as a great place to live. I think it's a humbleness, but it's also a quiet swagger. I think now what you're also seeing, and I think this is starting to change, especially with all of the great things that have happened to Milwaukee over the last four or five years, you're starting to get that swagger that like, we do want another ring. We deserve to have the convention again. We deserve to you know, have the best arena and we should be in the consideration for best city in the country, right? Like I think you're starting to see this quiet swagger starting to come we're starting to show up and show off and i think that's something that you're starting to see bubble up which is again you know when when you talk about people like Giannis, bobby chris drew representing milwaukee they're humble right but they've also got that quiet swagger about them too and i think that's something that symbolizes and epitomizes who we are Alex Lazary, Senior Vice President of the Milwaukee Bucks, candidate for U.S. Senate for the great state of Wisconsin. Good luck with both of the campaigns you have ahead of you in 2022, the championship and the Senate. Thank you for joining us on the Lead Balloon Podcast and Bucks and Six. Bucks and Six. Thanks again to Alex Lazary for stopping by to visit with us in our brand new world headquarters in downtown Milwaukee. His interview was part of a bigger series that we're calling the PodCamp Media Virtual Open House Series. It's our COVID-safe alternative to the proper grand opening fiesta that I am dying to throw and will eventually. Visit podcampmedia.com news to sign up for our email newsletter and get an invite next spring when, hopefully, we're able to host a proper party. 
And stay tuned to PodCamp Media on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn for more of these virtual open house discussions. Thanks to Larry Kilgore III for helping with the dialogue added on this piece. And I'm Dusty Weiss. We'll talk to you again soon next season on Lead Balloon.